0: Good, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Doctor Three. <laughs> about, about to speak at the same time? Yeah, I
1: was about to lead in with some da 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 and the back doctors are back. Here
0: we, you go. We I had a few songs. You'll appreciate this because today's podcast is about the effects of drugs, alcohol, on our brain and bodies. You know, and we were originally going to start the podcast as. Um, just talking about fatty liver, because it's something that I see all the time in practice as you would, you know, fatty liver, you know, and how do we get a fatty liver, because it can affect up to 20% of people in our society.
1: And it seems to be, uh, like a lot of the things we talk about, it's on the increase.
0: Yeah. So I thought that we'd talk about that, but then I thought, you know, while we're on that topic, we might as well... uh, (laughs) You know, talk about other factors as well that we see with a lot of younger people in our, in our practice as well, you know, and to do with um, the modern lifestyle choices, you know, socially, including drugs as well. And just talk about that and how that can affect our brain and our bodies as well, short and long term. So here we are. And I actually thought that what we should do is also chat about... Um, the song that I wanted to play prior to coming in, in a, in a metaphor for today's episode. Really? What,
1: what was that one?
0: She's so high, you know, She's so, so, he sings yeah. that song. Oh, I can't remember. That, that, is though, such that?
1: A, that is such a Today FM song.
0: Yeah, no, but it was, there's all these songs <laughs> to do with drugs back in the 90s that people were singing along to, right, that they're actually about drugs.
1: That re- reminds me of driving down the highway into the countryside.
0: So it was that classic one, you know, there she goes. That's you know? by The Lars. Yeah, that's about, <laughs> about heroin, <heralds>, right?
1: <laughs> as were 50, was, as were 50% sing, of the songs in the 90s. Yeah,
0: everyone was singing along to that, knowing, you know, racing through my veins.
1: Well, yeah. all right, whilst we're on this topic then, yeah. what about uh, a more recent song by The Weeknd, I Can't Feel My Face? I can't film a piece when I'm with you. Oh, yeah. song yeah. about cocaine use. Ah, I didn't know that You back. didn't know yeah. that? Yeah, and yeah. that's what he was, um, uh, yeah, he talked about that and his battles with cocaine usage and uh, I'm not sure if that's taken the gloss off that song that's for anyone great. listening. That. But that's what that song is about.
0: Cool, cool. So what I thought we'd talk about first is the most prevalent two drugs in our society, well, I heard of... Well, plat- uh, hang on, can yeah, we, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's
1: define fatty liver and then we'll get into the, the drug usage part. Cause what is fatty liver?
0: Yeah, it's a good point because I actually did a little bit of research on this, right? And um,
1: Is it from eating too much fat?
0: Um, it can be, actually, in a side note, because there's alcoholic causes and non-alcoholic alcohol- causes of fatty mm-hmm. liver. And the non-alcoholic causes, the jury's out in research as to what is the cause of it, because it could happen to skinny people as well as overweight people. Mm-hmm. So fatty liver isn't isn't necessarily related to... to um, They're thinking genetic factors play a part in mm-hmm. it as well. But But basically what a fatty liver is, is just when... I think it's like five to ten percent of your liver's weight is accumulated with more fat cells than what there should be.
1: Mm. And why does it do that?
0: Well, this is the thing. Like that's part of the interesting science of it. Is they're not really a hundred percent sure.
1: Obesity is a factor, though, isn't it? Obviously.
0: Well, it is, but obesity accumulates fat everywhere, doesn't it? You know, mm. so. You know, why, why do do them? Thin, 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 it seems to be very prevalent in people who drink a lot, as we know. Yeah, so okay. at the, alcohol at people who drink alcohol are more prevalent to get a fatty liver than people that don't, right? Yeah. It's, it's, there's definitely a correlation between alcohol. And I looked up the science of that. Mm-hmm. and the science sort of when you know the, the liver, normal liver cells become inflamed. And then the inflammation, um, cha- it, it causes um, a reaction whereby it becomes saturated, the, the cell actually becomes saturated more with fat. And then over time, if that continues, it fibroses. So it sort of goes, and well, that, that fibroses. Just
1: opened Pandora's box here, not really yeah. Pandora's box. but. That's the exact, as I understand it from the things that I've read and looked at, this is the exact same process of heart disease, cardiovascular disease and arterial blockage. It's not cholesterol, it's inflammation, the inflammatory process of the blood vessels which then accumulate the plaque in deposits
0: yeah okay well I, I do know about that as well we spoke about that in another episode um, to do with statins we did mention that at some yeah. point and the controversy surrounding cholesterol drugs and statins yeah um, but yeah that didn't occur to me of course yeah so, so
1: same same process different physiology in a way so this is what the effect it has on the liver
0: Yes, so to stop that process, so once it, the cell, inflammatory process so once the fibrosis occurs, so mm. you go from a normal healthy liver cell to a fibrotic cell mm. that doesn't do much function like, and obviously fatty cells are taking up space that should be normally liver cells yeah. So once you've got too much fat cells and not liver cells, your liver doesn't function as well as what it should. Mm -hmm. So, but then what happens over time, if that continues with fibrosis, it causes scarring Mm. and the scarring can't fix itself. And that then becomes cirrhosis of the liver.
1: Right, okay. Which is we see in people with um, alcohol issues.
0: Yeah, alcohol is a very, very, yeah. rare And also um, the hepatitis, you know, as yeah. well. Um, that that can cause it, from what I know. But... Um, well, well, so what but, does but the scarring's permanent. Like, the fibrotic yeah. stuff's permanent. The, the fatty stuff isn't. What? The fatty can be reversed.
1: Okay, great. So that's a potential reversible effect. Yeah. What So, in a nutshell, what, what does the liver do?
0: Well, the main... Like, from... Like I always think in, t- in two terms, do you mm. know what I mean? So I- I'm always thinking Western medicine and then I'm thinking Chinese medicine, you know? Yeah. So Western medicine, we both probably would be on the same track with it. Um, the blood coming into the liver and it um, detoxifying and purifying the blood. Yeah. So it's trying to pull out, um, yeah, break down things, metabolize, which is yeah. an interesting word, metabolize, what does metabolise mean? It, it means breaking things down to either absorb or excrete, mm-hmm. you know. So um, so, the that's its main function. It also is very important in um, hormone production, yep. you know. Uh, there's certain hormones that are uh, are really important, to, you know, with, with liver function. Um, they're, they're sort of the two main ones, but there's, there's about six or seven functions. So
1: if it's detoxing, so this is where we're getting yeah. to depending... Uh, on on those lifestyle factors, obviously detoxing, uh, shitty foods yeah. taking. Uh, and it's close and relationship with the gallbladder. Gallbladder, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah. So and production of yeah, bile, yeah, yeah, Bile, okay. We we both been. And what? what we both been accused of being bilious at times. <laughs> and <laughs> well, <laughs> produ-
0: bile, bile, and what does bile do there? Yeah, so bile emulsifies fat, so it helps fats be broken down. So then if your liver doesn't work you don't produce bile as well so you can accumulate more fat fat right.
1: yes okay and then um uh it's detoxifying toxins what are the toxins alcohol drugs things like what about Coffee. What about yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Because all well, drugs. Is depends. there anyone in Sydney who does not get their coffee
0: fix? So drugs, um, drugs, including pharmaceutical and recreational. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well,
1: so, a drug is a drug. Alcohol is a drug. It's just that some are legalised and some are not.
0: Yeah. So, so, and but, funny enough, most drugs. Will pass through the liver through your bloodstream. Yep. However, what I have found is that certain drugs won't be absorbed by the liver. The better the drug, they not they're, they're tissue specific. So, for instance, if it's a neurological drug, it doesn't get broken down by the liver. It can target certain areas. Um, but, yeah, but most drugs will pass. Have such a right. good example. Well, there's a classic example of a medication I know called Cinnamet, which is like a Parkinsonian type drug. Yeah, okay. And it, what it does, it doesn't actually go through the liver. So, from what I know, that's off the top of my head. But that was one I thought was like that, yeah. Because yeah, okay. it targets the specific neurological tissues in the brain. So, it's not, hasn't, it's got different polymers. And so, the, the science behind it is pretty cool, actually, because at least it's not having to do that. But most common drugs that we would come across would be going through the liver, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but there, what okay. I think, I was surprised at that because. I'm thinking maybe they should do that more to reduce the load on the liver, you know. So, as you know, the worst one we know about the liver, um, the drugs, as you would know this, but I see it in practice with younger um, kids in their teens, is the Roaccutane for acne. Right. And and that one's really heavy on the liver. So they have kids on that have to get liver tests done all the time because they know that that can have a really um, detrimental effect on the function of the liver. And as you know, with most liver issues, people, the medical system tests that by testing the enzymes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, the, the normal liver enzymes reading are under certain levels, you know, and uh, I, think it, I think it's somewhere around 20 to 40. But, you know, you can see people with fatty livers up upwards of 100, 100, 150, 200s, and all that. But that's off the top of my head again. So, um, but I know it's, it's, you know, the people with fatty livers generally have these readings that are way higher than what they should be. Um, and they measure, they measure these enzymes in the liver as, as a yardstick for measuring liver health. But I think that's their measuring liver disease. I think once you get to liver enzyme issues, I think from what I see in practice with acupuncture, uh, is that your liver, that happens after your liver's been inflamed and swollen for a very large period of time. So you've got the fatty liver going on, but before the fatty liver, you've got the inflamed liver, the, the enlarged liver. Mm. Then, then it goes to fatty liver, then it goes to you know, serious disease that's potentially irreversible. So from a... So what are the
1: things that cause that inflammation... Process so we've we've talked about obviously diet and all things that lead to obesity. Uh, we've talked about alcohol.
0: Well, you said obviously coffee. we have other drugs. Coffee, coffee's a lot. See, you and I think coffee, yep. but science doesn't really back coffee. Funny enough.
1: Well, it doesn't it seem like every week. It's a bit like the chocolate thing, <laughs> right? So, uh, I think that if you're just having. Your pure coffee and a couple of doses of of your your black coffee, not necessarily a bad thing. But myself, like a lot of other people, I'll have the, the latte with your milk and then there's people putting sugar in or sweeteners in, and then how many of those are you having a day? Yeah.
0: I just, I, I don't, like, all I know is from, from my Chinese medicine point of view that they don't like coffee, like, because it loads the liver. Mm-hmm. Because I think it produces heat, right? Mm-hmm. In, it It's an inflammatory product. I had a patient once tell me, he goes, Mick, if coffee, imagine coffee didn't exist and they just discovered it. Would it be legal? Like, interesting question, right? Would it be? I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't like it legal because it's a, a stimulant, you know, like it's it's something that has a probably detrimental effect on your body (laughs) as we know from adrenaline you know because the adrenal fatigue associated with too much coffee but um, you know it's interesting because it it can be detrimental and and you hear other people like the dementia doctors are going you need three cups of arabica coffee per day to stop dementia because obviously that's increasing blood flow you know to your brain so I yeah it's like thinking, everyone has a point, everything has a place, you know? Too much everything in
1: moderation. Too exactly. Just too, like my auntie say. Too to, to <laughs> much the
0: old school. Too too much of one thing is not good. So yeah, sure, medication um, medication, alcohol, coffee, that's about it, drugs. That's that's about the main things that we would say would be affect the liver mm-hmm. itself. Yep. And, and but but you know, you and I both know about a thing called uh, leaky gut syndrome yeah, and leaky gut syndrome is where you eat poor food over a long period of time you develop micro holes, tiny little holes mm. in your bowel and if you're developing those tiny perforations in your bowel that means the mucosal linings of your gut don't break down the food as it should we're talking chemicals in food preservatives, mm. additives, colours and all that sort of stuff. Western diet Yeah, so yeah. that should be your processed food that should be your broken down Inside the intestinal linings, mm-hmm. but if there's tiny holes, pinprick holes, that stuff goes straight to your bloodstream. Then that is what loads up the liver. The liver, right. So leaky gut is attributed to fatty liver as well. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that's probably the dietary link towards it. But you know, then we've got the obvious things that everyone knows about. So if we really want to talk about liver health, we also have to talk about gut health. You know, mm-hmm. like gastrointestinal health. So making sure you're not eating, having an infant, you know, a, a diet that's causing inflammation of your small and large intestine and in your stomach and allowing that to heal, mm-hmm. allowing that to heal will allow your liver to heal as well. If that makes sense. So yeah. um, so basically that's it. We've covered fatty liver. Um, it affects around 10 to 20 percent of, of Australians, Australians. Are
1: there symptoms of fatty liver?
0: Well, interestingly enough... I,
1: like how would you know? How would the person like well, this do? I,
0: yeah, good. And you, you often do you, they? You don't. Yeah. yeah it's often undiagnosed. I, I know from the pulse when I check people's, patients' pulses, because the liver pulse, just you can tell a fatty liver straight away off the middle portion of the pulse because oh. it just jumps out at you. It's, it's really huge. And you can palpate around. I mean, if you feel under the right rib cage yourself and you push underneath and there's pain underneath your rib cage, on that right hand side, it's Andrew's wincing. Uh, <laughs> is a sign of a fatty liver, right? So, you know, it's inflamed. So you might have liver inflammation. See, I think at times like, my liver is inflamed, no doubt about it, but I've never been diagnosed with a fatty liver. But I think you and I knowing what we know about health, we temper our lifestyle choices, you know, and we try to keep our body in balance, but you know, we. We like to enjoy our life, you know. Yeah, I've heard
1: you enjoy a glass of red.
0: There's no doubt about it. And white. Let's not exclude our good <laughs> friend white. Right? Everything in balance. <laughs> right? But let's, 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 yeah, call a spade a spade. I love it. But you've got to actually, Yeah, you know, I need to, you know, I, I, I monitor myself and I need to temper that. And funny enough, we should talk a little bit about what I do to do that. And so gastrointestinal health is really important to me. So. I, you know, I try to stay gluten and dairy free. I take a probiotic and I don't, I've gone off probiotics recently and I've tried to do the prebiotic thing. So I've doing way more prebiotics than probiotics and exercise super important for gastrointestinal health and liver health because mm. it gets the blood out of, you know, your blood, your liver stores blood. Yep. And it's, one, it's a big sponge that has blood in it. So by exercising and oxygenating it your blood. It helps flush the system. Of course it does. So yeah. yeah, you're going to help purify your blood by exercise as well. Yep. It uh, makes
1: sense because it seems, and by exercise, good vigorous exercise is better, but even just a half hour walk each day. The bare minimum. Produces a light sweat, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, there's a lot of health benefits with that, neurologically as well as physiologically. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and the other thing that I really swear by is beetroot juice that I've been taking in the morning, Mm -hmm. a glass of cold pressed beetroot juice that I found at IGA, and the other thing that I have at night, and especially if I drink, I will have uh, chrysanthemum tea. Mm -hmm. Now, chrysanthemum. Tea is I swear by for Western culture. Uh, Chinese flower tea is that what it does? It stops the liver inflammation. So why when you drink it actually stops the next process of inflammation. So why you? So liver- it's
1: good to have that of an evening. Yeah, amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Amazing. Um, uh, like well, I, I have patients who I do acupuncture with, and we do the um, we do the chrysanthemum tea, and they'll li- they'll still drink. Mm. But their liver readings will come down from two hundreds back to the forties, fifties.
1: So whilst we're on this topic, you are talking about beetroot. Um, uh, there was a study that was done with beetroot and blood pressure helps reduce high yeah, it blood does, pressure
0: because yeah. the heat from the alcohol causes the blood to yeah the blood pressure mm-hmm. to rise. And the, you know if if say you drink a lot and we talk about that liver becoming fatty too, right? So you're gonna get an increase in blood pressure because it's not a smooth flow of blood through the liver. So, and your heart has to work harder. But basically I think alcohol, coffee, um, poor diet, all produces heat in the mm-hmm. body, inflammation. So once you've got increased inflammation, your body's trying to cool itself down. So I think beetroot is a, and chrysanthemum tea and water with lemon squeezed in is a great coolant. So it cools you internally. So you know, from acupuncture, from, west, from an Eastern point of view, they're saying that stuff produces heat. So we need to cool it down. So high blood pressure is a sign of heat. Wow. So, and acid, you know, so that's why we do pH testing as yeah. well. So we want to get the body more alkaline, cooler, to, to get it healthier. But some people are too alkaline, you know, and they're your vegetarians, the people that don't eat meat. And you know they they lack blood. They're often iron deficient, and they don't have enough yang or heat to, to sustain them. So it's a balance. You, you you don't want to be absolutely alkaline. You don't want. But most of people in our in Western really society, balance, yeah. yeah, in Western society, they're too acidic. So yeah, um, so mate, that I think that sort of covers fatty liver, fatty liver, um. And, and the ongoing pathophysiology leading to more serious liver disease. Fatty liver is reversible. Uh, if, you, if you're a drinker and you go off alcohol for four to six weeks, it will bring down your fatty cells. Mm-hmm. And as you know, you can lose up to, we, we were taught this at uni, I remember in pathology, but they said you can lose up to seven eighths of your liver. You could cut it away and it would grow back.
1: The most regenerative organ in the body.
0: Yeah, it's a powerhouse, um, but it will regrow, which is amazing if you think about that. You know, it just regrows and develops new cells, healthy mm-hmm. cells. Uh, but if you've got the scarring, it can't, right? So cirrhosis is a lifelong complication because once it's scarred, it can't regrow. Mm-hmm. Now, but if you get off alcohol, you can maximize what you've got left, you know what I mean, if you are an alcoholic, so yeah. Um, let's go on let's, let's touch on a few other drugs um, I, I'll tell you what I did some research on marijuana and marijuana has like it just seems to have taken off dramatically in the States like and I think we won't we'll, I think we'll follow that trend of I'm actually a supporter of medical marijuana uh, mm-hmm. from what I know about it um, there seems to be a lot of benefit with seizures and epilepsy um, and cancer treatments cancer people yeah because yeah, it helps stimulate um stimulate a hunger, you know, for people, um, especially w- with cancer treatments and chemotherapy, their hunger is sort of uh, decreased, isn't it? So um, I-, I think medical marijuana is becoming sort of a, a welcome part of of health. Um, recreational marijuana for stress relief, I certainly believe has its downsides uh, from my point of view. Um, you know, I think one of the main things for that, um, from what we know about, is it's a bit of a uh, what I believe is a motivation stealer. So you you lose mm. hunger and motivation to achieve your your goals and your dreams and all that sort of stuff. But one thing I noticed as a practitioner, two things. Number one, people who smoke a lot of dope, they have terrible posture. Uh, they they're, they're always just hanging off their ligaments. And they say, I couldn't work out why. I try to adjust them, they'd crack everywhere. Have you noticed that? Uh, I noticed that uh,
1: the people who are chronic pot smokers seem to have higher pain levels as well. Yes. They're more more pain sensitivity. So whether there's a more inflammatory response in their body...
0: Yeah. That's going to lead on to another part. that I looked up and I spoke to someone about a metagenics. And they reckon it... Like, there's no evidence of this in the science, but they reckon it really harms the liver. But it's not meant to harm the liver and because it's fat soluble, right? If it's fat soluble, it's stored in fat cells, it's harder to excrete. That's why if they do a drug test, if you're an elite footy player or whatever, elite athlete and you smoke mm-hmm. dope, it'll stay in the system way longer than something like Coke, which will only be 24 hours. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, you know, the, fat, the fat, fat soluble things, it's like a slow, and it builds up over time, you know? And so it, it lines itself in those fat cells and it's a slow release mm-hmm. over time.
1: So uh, so getting back to the medical marijuana side of things, I think the, the medical usage, it's often eaten or used as an oil, isn't it? It's not smoked as much.
0: No, no not, not the, there's no joints probably going around the hospital. Uh, yeah. Maybe a few bongs, I don't know. But no, mate, oh, look, I'm certainly, that's not my expert field. I don't know anything much about it, but I, I do know it's drops, yeah, from what, from what I can yeah. tell. And some of it's not um doesn't affect your mind a lot of you can so you can sort of choose whether or not it relaxes your mind or not so there's medical marijuana has um, non-psychoactive types. yeah yeah yeah. and other types too so yeah i I think
1: whereas the the um the recreational usage yeah, yeah the cannabinoids very high content much higher than they were 30, 40 years ago, um, due to the hydroponic
0: production, much, yeah, much, much stronger yeah.
1: psychoactive component. Yes. Uh, and now they're, they're making um, uh, the artificial stuff as well.
0: Yeah, and apparently, the chronic, you know that word chronic. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the and apparently that's super harmful. I can't imagine that being good for you at all. Like, I, I could argue the effect that if you had no history of mental health issues and you wanted to do it recreationally, you know, and it wasn't quite, and you'd done it for forty years, well, you know, is it any worse than having wine or whatever yeah. on the weekend? I don't know. it's 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 not something I choose to do, but I'm not going to judge somebody who does, you know, and especially if it's not affecting their health or their mind. However, you know, I I'd, I'd try to steer my kids away from it if I could, because I've just seen it, um, just from personal experience, um, cause cause pro- mental health issues in my own life. So mm. um, I've seen friends that have developed um, like several, like um, I think um, schizophrenia and mm. also some bipolar disorder and also. Um, Uh, Parkinson's disease a couple of people I know who attribute Parkinson's disease on marijuana um, habitually so and I don't know if there's any research on that but if you talk to the two guys who I know who've got it they both attribute it to what's interesting
1: you bring that up I bet uh, something we know with Parkinson type disorders uh one of the common telltale signs is that stooped forward posture and you were talking about posture before Yeah. chronic smokers with bad posture uh, so then there must be something in this with the postural component which is a new role interesting thing.
0: yeah i never even considered that that's a really good point man i i think the um the the, the part with marijuana my conclusion i came to i had this conversation yeah. with another chiropractor years ago beck barring and she's, Beck said that, what is it, Darren Little, they both said, what is it about pot smokers that they say crack so much, just in general, you know? Their spines were too loose, you know? And um, so not us adjusting mm-hmm. them, just them moving around, they're popping all the time. And oh, we thought they might have oh, I hadn't noticed that. But I, I, I didn't know if it was something to do with the THC that was causing them to become mm-hmm. loose. But you know what my conclusion is, after all the years? Yeah. These guys are so bent, right? They're, they're just so relaxed. When they relax, their mindless go, they're, they've got no muscle tone, mm. so they're hanging off their ligaments, right? So when they're, when they're sitting down watching TV or whatever, they're just completely loading up their body by the muscles not switching on like they should, and it's not causing um, postural support of their skeleton. That was the conclusion I came to in the end because I thought, I've just seen yeah. it too much in my life. I thought, they're just on a different planet. <laughs> <laughs> they're so relaxed. Some people might really like it, But, you know, you know, is it any different to a doctor prescribing Valium short term for someone who wants, Yeah, you know, they probably do similar things from my experience, you know. Uh, Valium and marijuana you know um, so is it any different I don't know once again mm-hmm. if you smoke too much of it it's a problem and I do know this I promise you this the dudes who are on it long term who try to get off it it's a nightmare so I've treated like I would say half a dozen guys over my career who've mm-hmm. tried to get off it, and I've tried to help them the nightmares have been horrific because horrific, their brain chemistry is obviously trying oh, to change yeah. and mate they just that people trying to kill them all day, every night. It's it goes on for month and months. Some of them get through it, others don't. So yeah, tough going, tough going with oh, marijuana. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Next one, buddy. Uh, we'll talk about. Let's talk about the common one in our society at the moment, which is cocaine. So I think short term effects of cocaine. Um. Uh,
1: well, well, yeah, okay, cocaine and meth is the big one these days.
0: Yeah, well, let's hope no one's taking any meth anywhere. Uh, certainly, from my experience with my life, I think cocaine seems to be far more prevalent than um, the meth. And if I have seen meth in the clinic, and I have seen cocaine in the clinic with people, you know, recreational users, mm. um, but the meth what it was doing to their body, uh, the ice, was horrific. Because what it actually did, I, I felt the pulse, and I could tell the pulse was erratic, the pulse was moving all around. and In Chinese medicine, the pulse is an indicative of the internal energy. Mm. So it was like a pinball machine, the pulse was moving everywhere. It was crazy, I've never seen anything like it. And particularly particular user who was taking it, who took it on the Saturday and I saw him on the Monday, I said, mate, there's something not right here, you're not telling me, and, he, and later on we found out that that's what he'd done on the Saturday, and he didn't want to tell me, and I understand that, you know, like, he it was, it was a bit of shame because he wasn't a regular user or anything, it was just an experimental thing for him, but I was really internally very concerned for him that it had done that to his pulse, it was, mm. uh, it was amazing, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was very dark. Um, So, yeah, so with with coke, we we know with cocaine and probably um, a lot of the addictions we're going to talk about briefly from here on in are going to talk about the same thing. And it doesn't matter whether it's cocaine, it doesn't matter whether it's um, gambling, it doesn't matter whether it's um, sex and pornography, it's all to do with the same thing. And that is dopamine being released in the brain Mm -hmm. and it saturates the synapses Mm -hmm. So with cocaine...
1: Behaviour reward.
0: Yes. Yeah. And with all these things, it's pretty much just the same thing that what it's doing is changing, flooding your brain with um, to release dopamine. And so what that's doing is an artificial sort of stimulant to make you feel good short term. Mm. So no different to any of the other addictions. But the problem with that, with that reward system, is that you then suppress your own reward system so naturally so if you take a lot of cocaine and you combine it with alcohol that concerns me because it just it's just it's just burning up a lot of vital energy you know so a lot of the energy that you, you're meant to have in reserves you lose it because Normally, with alcohol, it's a depressant, so you'll just fall asleep, you'll get tired. But when you combine it with coke, you bring yourself up, and you're coming down. So you're meeting in the middle, but it sustains you for longer. But it's not a true sense of energy. It's it's your brain telling you that you're okay, but your body you're not responding to what your body wants to do. So w- with dopamine, um, what can that what that can actually do is is make your reward pathways less sensitive to natural reinforcers. Um, so and also what it can do and let, let me, a natural reinforcer would be you and I going for a run you know having um, um, so that exercise exercise or just having a laugh you know what I mean yeah. it doesn't necessarily just having a good time on our own so you struggle to actually have a good time without it if you take yeah. it a lot um, so the other thing is or just enjoying food or enjoying you know, recreational activities just don't seem quite... Or socially, that's the big thing. The socially, you, you lose your social skills at times because too much of it can have an impact on um, the way you are perceived and perceive other people. Um, so basically, the other part of it with cocaine is it becomes and makes your stress circuits more sensitive. So it can actually increase displeasure and give you a more negative mood over time. And basically, people who take it a lot, um, see, you know, they, they seek the drug that, that high instead of uh, other highs, right? So um, funny enough, the, the, I've got to say the science on the long-term damage, um, there's not a lot, a lot on it, okay? I couldn't find a lot on it when I was researching it, mm-hmm. okay? We know, we know it affects we know the main probably area it affects is the brain, mm-hmm. but physiologically on other parts of the body it can affect the liver, it can affect the kidneys, it can affect the heart, the heart, the main one. Um, so it seems to be, that's the main one they talk about in research. But i have got to say pure cocaine, um, it, I, I was surprised at the lack of research there. On, on your organs damaged, right beside your heart. So really, if if you're going to take cocaine, cocaine habitually, it's more to do with tampering around with your brain neurochemistry is probably the main issue. But it's probably. And, but
1: like a lot of things, it's probably used in conjunction, like you said, higher alcohol consumption. Yes. But smoking cigarettes. Yep. So there's a combination of factors. It's
0: probably more together. of a cocktail. Yeah. 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 But like you know. I, my main concern for kids who take it now, who do it every weekend, and that's happening, right, all around Sydney, every weekend, in every part of the world, basically Western world. It's happening, and people are naive to think that it's not happening. And if 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 we've got to, I think as a society, come to terms, come to terms with the fact that this has become a more um, a, a more regular thing amongst um, amongst individuals that they're choosing to do on weekends, mm. uh, especially parents trying to help their children. Um, and you know the, there's this, there, there is a certain degree of hysteria around drug use. I know as a parent to two boys, I don't want my sons taking drugs, right? Uh, but the reality is they may try it at some point, okay? Uh, I hope they don't, but they probably will. But if, the, if that's the case, if they experiment with it, fine. My concern, not fine, but OK, I'll take that back. But, you know, I'm certainly not going to endorse it, put it that way. Let, let me talk about the, the other side of it is what if it's habitual and then what if it's every weekend and what if it's a lot? And over a long period of time, will that harm them Harm their brain chemistry, and 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 the research is saying yes, it will do that over a long period of time. So really, it's I think with the young guys that I treat, who are honest with me and tell me that they take it, and I appreciate their honesty because it can enable me to help them more. Is that if these. What we want them to do is realize that it's potentially going to come at a cost to some point down in their life. At some point, it may not, because there's plenty of people who've taken cocaine for years and never really had any long term effects but it's rolling that dice, isn't it? If you're the predisposed to your neurochemistry, you just don't know. You don't know your neurochemistry. It's not something that's readily available to you to know your profile. You can go through your genetic history, especially if there's any mental health issues with mum or dad, you know, and if mum or dad have got some mental health history, you know, you're really rolling the dice by taking marijuana by, you know, habitually taking marijuana or cocaine or ice or any of the other illicit drugs. You know, like you're just increasing your chances of long-term issues. Um, so, yeah.
1: I And I would put it to you that, as we discussed, it's probably a cocktail of things. You, I doubt there would be... So for that demographic, that they'd be just doing cocaine it'd be doing cocaine smoking some pot and drinking bees.
0: yeah all together well they come down on xanax too don't they i I, I don't know what xanax does but i think it's like it's valium is not its it so that helps it come down as well yeah so look as you say it's not one thing it's a combination of things so i've had I, i i certainly have had my eyes opened over a long period of time but you know what I appreciate my patients telling me that, because I explained to them that you know nothing's sustainable, and we do some acupuncture and chiropractic work, especially to help minimize the damage to their body and, they, and their brain, and they know that. Because as we know, and we've spoken about in episodes before, the chiropractic can change the way your brain and nervous system functions. Not can, it does. Yes. Yeah. So it will change the way your brain functions for the better, and balance out your parasympathetic and your sympathetic yeah. nervous systems. You know? And when you take any drug, what happens is it increases the sympathetic nervous system. So we want to balance out the parasympathetic, which you did for me today. Actually, I haven't been adjusted by Andrew injury within about four or five weeks. I really felt it today. And I, I feel so much better, because he adjusted me. He likes to get adjusted after the podcast. I like to get adjusted before the podcast, so and I Horses felt I felt like it was wonderful, um, mate. What I, what I um, also wanted to chat about quickly uh, to 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 finish off with what we could also chat about was I looked up I found it really interesting just maybe talking. I want to do q and with you, and we're going to finish on this twelve ways to beat an addiction. Right? We'll, we'll put chiropractic in there, right? <laughs> and acupuncture. But you don't know the answers to this, but I want, you, I want you to hit me with some that you you think might be some ways to get around an addiction. All right,
1: you're putting me on the spot.
0: Yeah. Go. Guess. Oh, right. you guess.
1: Oh, OK. Um, beating an addiction. Uh, well, it comes back to neurology. I reckon exercise has got to be doing exercise yeah that's one must be high up there um,
0: because it helps you sweat too doesn't it So yeah, it's no just problem, restoring
1: it? normal physiology as you said it's that balance between the sympathetic parasympathetic and it helps increase the chemicals in the brain the neurotransmitters that make us feel good
0: number six you've got number six excellent what else you um, got for me uh,
1: I reckon you'd have to do some type of um, what psychotherapy, where you talk to psychology about behavioural patterns.
0: Yeah, Well, you sort of touched on two there. Okay. Did so, Yeah. Well, what were the two? Well, A is be accountable to someone, right? right. And and so a therapist. Yeah. Um, and you also that and you also probably can take into account there that you need to educate yourself. So you need to read about what your issues are and educate yourself about what the issues are. Um, and some, I mean, if you were going to go to Alcoholics Anonymous, they'd get you to read the Bible. Um, really? I mean,
1: At Alcoholics Anonymous?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, mate, I, I looked up the 12-step program yeah. um, before we got here today because I didn't know what the 12-step program was. And it's very... It's very um, very spiritually based, yeah, and they're a big, yeah, they, they say that they're, they're uh, I think you can do 12-step programs without the influence of God, but I know it's a big influence in the original founding sort of right. ethos. Right, so it's,
1: it's probably had it, um, the foundation of it is religion somewhere. Along. Yeah, or,
0: no, they try to stay a-religious. Right. Yeah, no. It's not to do with a religion. It's just to do with whether or not you believe there is a creator, there um, is a force, something
1: higher, bigger than yourself. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And that's sort of number one. Um, okay, cool. And so, so the the um, the the and the other thing you're talking about there is also one of them, which is um doing some sort of therapy and by that it could be cognitive behavioral therapy or mindfulness and all that sort of stuff yep. which will help anyone helps me i do it yeah you know yep. but it would help anyone break an addiction anyway um anything else you can think of
1: uh what do we have so we've got exercise we've got mindfulness therapy uh, we've got education uh, I've run out already.
0: That's all right. Um, so keeping a diary...
1: Yeah, okay.
0: ...is really important. So Why? You, well, just to know, like the problem with breaking like breaking habits... Breaking guess, habits, yeah, okay. ...is that I, I know myself when I've been through some, some difficult stages of life. I'm a terrible mm. diary keeper. Anyone knows that about me, I'm no good. But when I did do it... Um, what because what can happen is you can have a really good three days, and then on the fourth day, um, you can think you you everything's you can forget that you had three good mm. days, right? So you catastrophize on the fourth day, and mm. a lot of people with addictive personalities can catastrophize with the best of it.
1: So it helps you give a context.
0: Yes. And, so and go
1: no, actually I've done okay.
0: So there's some perspectives yeah. there. Yeah. So diary keeping. Um, they reckon that the other um, good thing and this is a thing that I've read I read about this over a week and it seems it's very important to replace an old habit with a new habit
1: okay we're habitual creatures
0: so taking up something new is super important now some people who break the addiction cycle take up exercise some people who I've seen in my life go from one bad habit to another Right. Yeah. Which is not good either. I think we can
1: probably all relate to that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. There's, there's. That's, and the classic
1: example is giving up smoking, eating more chocolate.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, they reckon, and the other thing, like number one on the list, which mm. we didn't talk about, was surrounding yourself with people going through a similar thing. That's where... The, Shared experience. Yeah, so that's where the whole... Um, anonymous, you know, uh, uh, experience can help because not whether it's Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, Narcotics Anonymous, or what's uh, the sixth one s- called? Support.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: Sex Anonymous. Sex. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. But it's, anyway, whatever it is. Um, uh, so. But when, the,
1: it's a support group.
0: Yeah. So sharing it with your journey with others. Um, and the, like, one of the last two on the list were um, having something um, a security item funny enough like yeah, yeah it's something that repre- it's very interesting but uh, I wouldn't have chosen thought this myself but having a security item can be very beneficial even for adults uh, I find that kind of bizarre but you know whether that be a cross or, or a medal or something your mum or dad gave you a photo I mean, it could be anything but helping you through that, so that it's, craving, it's, you know, so
1: it's some kind of a source of inspiration. It's a physical it's source. It's a physical of in- thing, yeah. Source that of inspiration. Cold, okay.
0: And and they would also say that prayer and meditation is very important as well on that journey. Um, uh, the 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 main thing that I can see, which
1: comes back to that mindfulness. Yeah.
0: Yeah and and submitting the problem is bigger than yourself. I think that's a it's a, you've tried your best to kick it but it keeps coming back so you need help with breaking that cycle. You know that's that's the sort of number one on the list of alcoholics anonymous, you know, is that you've done your best to try to you know you're heading the problem over you know to a, to a a, a, a a to something bigger than yourself to help you get through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mate, we've we've sort of hit the 46-minute mark. Um, been a really interesting chat. Anything you want to um, chat to say before we say goodbye?
1: No, no, I found that really interesting myself. You came up with some uh, interesting things that I didn't realise we were going to go down the rabbit hole, so to speak, on that one, but that was great. Thanks, Mick.
0: Good on you, mate, uh, and I look forward to adjusting you in about 30 seconds. Looking forward to it. See take, you next time. Take care, guys. Bye.